0: An unsurpassed and intriguing, intriguing and perfect karma it is rarely met with even in a hundred thousand million kalpas. Having
1: it to see and listen to, to remember and accept, I vow to taste the truth of the Tathagata's words. Good morning. Uh, it's the first day of autumn, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah. Um. So, uh, welcome to a new season. And today we are having our uh, a one-day study session. Uh, we're uh, going to have two sessions of study one now and then one uh in the afternoon and our subject for the day is uh zenji's tenzo kyokun instructions for the cook i was uh i hope that some of you got to read it uh if you sent out uh and i uh, hope you enjoyed it one of the reasons that I'm thinking about uh, Tenzo Kyokun is because uh, today our Tenzo Susan is training some new people to be cooks uh, and uh, I think it's really helpful, it was really helpful to me to have uh, these instructions guiding me when I was learning to cook Uh, and there ever timely. When I was reading over, there's so many familiar stories and uh, connections in Tenso Kyokun that remind me of more familiar stories and you know, there's part of my mind just thinks oh, everybody knows that and I'd just be like an, an old man repeating himself uh to the dismay of his children uh but in fact when i look around uh, i think there's a lot of you who have who've not heard these stories or encountered this text and probably more of you to whom it's new than us uh older folks who have heard it. And these the stories, the texts, the books are uh I think they were foundational for, for many of us and we really absorbed them. So the, the text that I'm working from today is taken from uh this is one of those one of those books that it used to be called Refining Your Life. And This was the version that uh, that I read in the in the eighties, and uh, this particular version was Sojins. and it is just uh, completely full of barely legible uh, pencil notations. Uh, I think it now is called Instructions to the Cook. Is that is that correct? From the Zen
0: Kitchen to Enlightenment.
1: From the Zen Kitchen to Enlightenment, and it's. It's gone from red to brown. I don't That that seems to be a marketing decision, but it's the same book. Uh, the other so the, the Tenzo Kyokun is uh, one of the texts in what's called the Ehe Shingi. The Ehe Shingi, this is another wonderful book. Uh, It's called Dogen's Pure Standards for the Zen Community, Uh, the translation of a Shingi, translated by uh, Taiyin Leiden and Shohaku Okumura, And uh, it has a number of parts. The first section of this book is is a Tenzo Kyokun, and I strongly recommend this as well. Uh, It also consists of Uh, A number of different texts, all of which are about um, how you live together in a monastic community, and this was written in, uh, it was completed or assembled in 1037, uh, while Dogen was still, uh, he had not yet moved to what was called AHG. he was at Koshoji, uh, which is in a little south of of Kyoto, uh, and that was the the monastery that he had is the first monastery that he had created in Japan. Uh, and a few years later, he moved uh, out into the boondocks to uh, to Egeji, to what became what became Egeji. But then. The shingi itself, there's a there's tradition of uh, what's in Japanese called shingi, which is basically these rules for uh, monastic life for the various positions. So traditionally, uh, aside from the, the monastic community itself, uh, there are uh, six key roles in the uh, Monastic community, there's the the Tenzo was one. There's two administrative roles, the uh, Tsusu and the Kansu. There's the Fus, who's the treasurer. There's the Eno, which position uh, Ross Blum holds now, uh, who is basically oversees the operations, the temple. Uh, there's uh, the Shisui, which we might call the work leader, uh, who's responsible for the maintenance of, uh, of the grounds and the buildings. And there's also the Shika, who is the, the guest manager, who uh, basically assigns quarters, uh, tracks the coming and going of uh, monks and visitors. So the Tenso, these are uh these are really key roles. Uh so in in the second paragraph of uh Tenso kyokun, uh, oh I, I know what it is uh, so there there are various Shingi. Uh the earliest one that we we don't have, we have reference to, but we don't have the full text uh was the Yakujo Shingi assembled by Yakujo or Baijiang in Tang Dynasty China in 800 for uh, one of what was evolving as an early Chan Zen monastic community. And then the one that gets referenced quite a bit uh, in this text, in Japanese it's called the Zenin Shingi, uh, and in Chinese, it's the Chanyuan uh and that was assembled for uh, monastic life. Soto Zen monastic life in uh, around 1100. So those are those are models for uh, for these kinds of rules of comportment, practice, uh, and actually. How you do your jobs. Uh, and they're, they're really interesting for us to consider. We have to see, I think there are several times uh, Sojin made an effort to assemble uh, 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 Shogakuji Shingi, our temple, Perkli Sen Center Shingi. I should Want to look back through the lectures, and maybe find that, uh, but we do have our own Shingi. you know, It's really remarkable to me. We have, we have uh, all these ways of doing things, and I was struck by it this morning because last week, uh, Gempo, my son, and I went to do uh, several days of Sashin in Los Angeles with uh Harada Roshi, an teacher. teacher. Uh, and you got the feeling that like they were figuring things out, step by step, how to do things in the space they were at. And I was just struck today, how settled we are in the basic way that we do things, how people are trained and educated, how to move in the Zendo, how to work with each other, what you do with your mats and passing out the books, how to chant. Uh, We have a way of approaching our cooking. We have uh, we have a shingi, which may not be fully articulated, but uh, it's palpable, it's easy to take it for granted, but it's really, uh, it's really precious. And also, it's, once you really start thinking about it, it's pretty complicated. There's a lot of nuance, and we've been trained in nuance, we've been trained in how to, how to ring the bells. Uh, how to do, how to lead the chanting, how to serve the food, how to cook the food. And uh, we're so fortunate to have these underpinnings of our practice, uh, which allow us to do the essential, to do two essential things. And first of all, And this is true in, as as we study this, the shingi, the way we do things, the training that we have, uh, fully supports us to be in relationship to each other and in relationship to all of the things, if you will, that we encounter. So, how the cooks and the servers and the eaters are in a dynamic relationship to each other is marvelous and subtle. Uh, How the servers are in relationship to the spoons in the pots, how the cook is in relationship to the ingredients, how the cook uh, cleans up after themselves. And that was part of my training, is when I finish something, when I finish with a knife, or I finish with a pot, uh, if I can, to have the spaciousness, to be able to clean up behind myself, so we don't leave a, a pile of things to do for the next person. So this is the subtlety of our uh, our own Shingi. So Dogen writes, so this, the Tenso gyokan, let me just say, um, I don't think we're gonna get as deep into it as, as we wish in the course of one day. Uh, and maybe we should study it more. But the Tenzo itself seems to break up into two essential sections. The first section is, is pretty detailed. It gives you some context for uh, the nature of the Tenzo's role <laughs> But it also gives some very clear guidelines and instructions for how the, what the Tenso does and how they do it. The second half uh, is really extending from the tento's role into uh, the whole of our practice. And it's using our relationship to the tenso's, the folks' relationship to the food uh, as emblematic of our relationship to each other and to everything as as really full guidelines for practice. And in the course of this all, there's some wonderful stories and uh, I'll try to touch on some of the stories. But first, just contextually, uh, Dogen says, the monks holding each office of the, the temple leadership are all disciples of the Buddha, and all carry out the activities of a Buddha throughout their respective offices. It is written in the Chanyuan Jinbi that the function of the Tenzo is to manage meals for the monks. This work has been carried out by teachers settled in the way and by others who have aroused the Bodhisattva spirit within themselves. In other words, have aroused Bodhicitta, which is uh, the mind of enlightenment, That is focused on helping all beings free themselves. That is the the Bodhisattva spirit. Uh, And he says this work has always been carried out by teachers settled in the way. So when I was practicing in Japan at Zuyoji, the positions, some of the positions that we, uh, that were guiding us uh, had titles. So the Tenso, uh, whoever was in that position was the Tenso Roshi. And whoever was the Eno was the Eno Roshi. We, not, we may not be so big on honorifics, but I think it behooves us to pay attention to the real respect that comes with the responsibility of holding these positions. So today, Susan is the Tenzo Roshi. And you can see that the bright light of Dharma is shining on her head right now <laughs> and reflecting off of her silver hair. So you can see she's a luminous being. So um, Dogen says, such a practice requires exerting all your energies. If a person entrusted with this work lacks such a spirit, then they will only endure unnecessary hardships and suffering that will have no value in their pursuit of the way. Uh, the Qinghuan Shingi also says, "Put your awakened mind to work, making a constant effort to serve meals full of variety that are appropriate to the needs of the occasion, and that will enable everyone to practice with their bodies and minds with the least hindrance." So, one of the things I would say about that is, and you, it gets into it. He, he talks about the ingredients and. Uh, working with the ingredients that you've been given Uh, but we want to serve meals that are full of variety and appropriate to the need and the occasion. It's also really important when we're cooking uh, to move beyond the initial place that we tend to start from uh it's not a performance so the cooking really some of the best foods that we have are in in zendo meals are very simple and there's something about eating in this context that makes simple foods delicious something that you might You might not order if it was on a menu in a restaurant, and yet when it's offered to you at that moment uh, even simple rice and simple soup just not completely alive. It's really great. So Dogen talks about the day of the Tenzo. I shall now take up the work of the Tenzo covering a period of one complete day. After the noon meal, the Tenzo should go to the Susu and the kansu, the administrators, to get the rice, vegetables, and other ingredients from the storehouse for the following morning and noon meals. Once he has these, He must handle them carefully as if they were his own eyes. That's how delicate you are with uh, the food. The Tanto should handle all food with respect as if it were to be used in a meal for the emperor. Cooked and uncooked food must be handled in the same manner. When deciding on the amount of food and the number of side dishes for the morning and noonday meal, the Tenso should consult with the other officers. Here, they basically consult uh, with the abbot Uh, or the cooks. If there's daily cooks, they consult with the Tenso and then the menus are run by the the abbot and uh, I may make some Change is usually not, because mostly our cooks are pretty experienced and they know kind of what works. But sometimes uh, we learned a lot working with Sojin. And also he had, so there were particular ways that he liked the food, but also particular elements of balance so, you want to balance hot, cold, uh, color, texture to create some variety. All of these things should factor into the Tenzo's thinking about the meal that they're serving. Uh, and then you prepare the meal for the next morning. I'm not going to read all the detail, but uh what you're looking for is if the tenzo offers a meal without a harmony of the six flavors and three qualities, it cannot be said that they serve the community so um the six. Six flavors are bitter, sour, sweet, salty, mild, and hot. And the three virtues are light and flexible, clean and neat, conscientious and thorough. Uh, And these relate to as all, as all these things do, we can extrapolate them uh, and extend them to all the aspects of our practice. So it's not just about food. Uh, there's a wonderful passage here, which is a koan. Uh, when wa- washing the rice, remove any sand that you find. In doing so, do not lose even one grain of rice. When you look at the rice, see the sand at the same time. When you look at the sand, see also the rice. Zhuifeng yichun was once the tenso under Dongshan Liangzheng. Dongshan was the, one of the founders of the Soto school. One day, Zhuifeng was watching the rice. Dongshan happened to pass by and asked, do you wash the sand and pick out the rice? Or do you wash the rice and pick out the sand? Uh, And Shui Feng said, I wash and throw away both the sand and rice together. <laughs> then what on earth do the residents here eat? Tung Shan pressed again. In reply, Shui Feng turned over the rice bucket. Uh, on seeing that, Tung Shan said, "The day will come when you'll practice under another master." <laughs> So I think that the rice and sand are represent wholesome and unwholesome views. The rice being wholesome, the sand being in the category of unwholesome. And uh, Shuifeng, who is taking this kind of Stark and absolutist Zen vision said, uh-huh. I throw away, I wash and I throw away both the sand and the rice together. I throw away all views. So they're talking, here they're talking about how we see reality. This is not really a discussion about food, except that Dongshan says, Well, what do people eat here? Because, um, and Choi Feng's response was to turn over the rice bucket. In other words, he just, again, he's taking the position of getting rid of all views. And Dungshan, you can see saying, Hmm. You know, there's more that you have to understand. It's not just about this abs- It's You don't live by getting rid of all views. You live, you have to find a way to, we have to find a way to live with our views, which means, in a sensible fashion, we have to separate the rice and the sand. Uh, And you need to know this if you're actually going to feed people. Uh, It's all very well to have this, this deep insight into the non-self of all views but we also depend on these views the the issue for a tenso the issue for a practitioner is to be free in the world of views in the world of wholesome and wholesome and unwholesome and be able to go straight ahead in order to take care of living beings. To take care of living beings, uh, you have to separate the rice and the sand. In the same way, the greatest teachers from earliest times who were settled in the way have carried out their work with their own hands. How are we, inexperienced practitioners of today, able to remain so negligent in our practice? Those who have come before us have said the way seeking mind of a Tenzo is actualized by rolling up your sleeves. So, a little later, there's a a story that Dogen tells uh, upon landing in uh, China. Um, actually, there's two stories. First, he talks about when he was at uh, Mount Tiantong, uh, his teacher Ru Jing's temple. When I was at Mount Tiantong, a monk, a monk called Lu from Qingyuanfu, was serving as tenzo. One day after the noon meal, I was walking to another building within the complex when I noticed Lu drying mushrooms in the sun in front of the uh, butziden, in front of the uh, Buddha hall. He carried a bamboo stick, but had no hat on his head. The sun rays beat down so harshly that the tiles along the walk burned his feet. Lou worked hard and was covered with sweat. I could not help but feel the work was too much of a strain for him. His back was a bow drawn taut. His long eyebrows were crane white. I approached and asked his age. He replied that he was 68 years old. Then I went on to ask him why he never used any assistance. And he answered, other people are not me. That's one of those lines that I think when I first heard it, really pierced me, other people are not me. This is my responsibility and I need to see it through. You're right, I said, I can see that your work is the activity of the Buddha Dharma, but why are you working so hard in this scorching sun? He replied, if I do not do it now, when else can I do it? There was nothing else for me to say. (laughs) As I walked out, walked on along that passageway, I began to sense inwardly, the true significance of the role of Tenzo. So this is paired with another story uh, that comes from when he landed, Dogen, journeyed from Japan to China with the objective of finding a true teacher. Uh-huh. Uh, and he arrived in the spring of twelve twenty three so that's eight hundred years ago. Well, eight hundred years ago. And we're reading this today. I arrived in China, but being unable to disembark immediately, I stayed on board ship in the port of Ningbo. One day in May, while I was talking with the captain, an old monk about 60 years of age came directly to the ship to buy mushrooms from the Japanese merchants on board. I invited him for tea and asked him where he was from. He said he was the Tenzo at the monastery on Mount Aiwang and added, I'm originally from Jishu, although I left there over 40 years ago. I am 61 this year and have practiced in several Zen monasteries in this country. Last year, while living at Guiyun, I visited the monastery on Mount Aiwang, though I spent my time there totally confused as to what I was doing. So that's kind of typical uh, inverted Zen speech, that he was totally confused means he was really absorbed in the practice and everything was great. Uh Totally confused about what I was doing. Then after the summer practice period last year, I was appointed Denzo which kind of demonstrates that he probably knew what he was doing. Uh, Tomorrow is May 5th, which is a festival day, but I have nothing special to offer the monks. I wanted to prepare a noodle soup, but I did not have any mushrooms put in it. I came here to buy some. I asked, when did you leave Wong?" He said, after lunch. Is it far from here? about 14 miles. Let me go back to the temple. I'm planning to return as soon as I've bought the mushrooms. Uh, Tobin says, you can't imagine how fortunate I feel that we're able to meet unexpectedly like this. If it is possible, I wish you would stay a while longer and allow me to offer you something more. Natanta said, I'm sorry, that's impossible just now. If I am not there tomorrow to prepare the food, it will not be well made. But surely, there must be others in a place as large as Iowong who are capable of preparing the meals. They will not be that inconvenienced if you are not there, will they? Kenza said, I've been put in charge of this work in my old age. It is, so to speak, the practice of an old man. How can I entrust that work to others? Moreover, when I left the temple, I did not ask for permission to stay out overnight." Dogen says, but why, when you were so old, do you do the hard work of a Tenzo? Why do you not spend your time practicing zazen or working on koans of former teachers? Is there something special to be gained from working particularly as Tenzo? He burst out laughing. My good friend from abroad, you do not understand yet what practice is all about. Nor do you know the meanings of characters. So characters here uh, can mean words, or numbers, but he's really saying, you don't know, you don't really understand truly the way things are. Characters you could see as phenomena, or just the unfolding of life. Uh, When I heard this old monk's words, I was taken aback and felt greatly ashamed. So I asked him, what are characters and what is practice? He replied, if you do not deceive yourself about this problem, you will be a man of the way. In other words, he wasn't going to tell him. <laughs> you, you have to find out for yourself. Uh, and Tobit says, at the time, I was unable to grasp the meaning of his words. If you do not understand, please come to Matt Wong sometime, and we'll talk about the nature of characters more fully. With that, he rose quickly. It's getting late, and the sun is about to set. Afraid I can't stay any longer. Then he left for Mount Aiwang. And now I've got all my pages out of order here. Okay, here we go. Uh, in July of the same year, I stayed on Mount Tiantong, again, Ruching's temple. One day, the Tenso from Aiwang came to see me. He said, As the summer practice period has ended, I shall be retiring as Tenzo and plan to return home. I heard that you were here and wanted very much to talk with you and see how you were doing. This is the magnanimous spirit, we'll talk about magnanimous uh, this afternoon. Is one of the three minds, Daishin, big mind. The heart of the practice was there was something real that it happened in that discussion on shipboard between Dogen and his Tenzo. And Tenzo didn't didn't wait for Dogen to come to him. And just, he wanted to know how this young man was doing. Uh, Dogen was, at this point, he was like 23, 24. And so he came to seek him out. I was indeed, it's very moving, really, really moving. I was indeed happy to see him and received him cordially. We talked about various things and finally came to the matter he had touched on aboard the ship concerning the practice and study of characters. He said, a person who studies characters must know just what characters are, and one intending to practice the way must must understand what practice is. I asked him, what are characters? One, two, three, four, five, he replied. What is practice? There is nothing in the world that is hidden. Although we talked about many other things, I will not mention them here. Whatever little bit I have learned about characters and practice is largely due to that denso. One, two, three, four, five. That is just the natural unfolding, the sequence of events in our lives. One thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. Everything follows in this sequence. And to ask about practice, nothing is hidden. the response, just everything is completely there for us to see. There's nothing hidden. We, We think it's hidden. We feel like we don't get it. when it's actually right before us, every moment, and it's right before us, just unfolding in, from one perspective, unfolding one, two, three, four, five. When I met again with my teacher Myozen, so Myozen was his teacher, Myosun had been the primary student of Dogen's first Zen teacher in Japan, Eisai. It's not clear whether Dogen actually met Eisai or not, but he was very close to Myosun. And Myosun and Dogen together went to China to look for a teacher. <clears throat> and while he was there, Myozen died. He was young, he was, I think he was like 43. Uh, so Dobin says, when I have met again, this is after the dialogue with the Tenzo, with my teacher Myozan, who later died in China, and told him of my meeting with the Tenzo, he was extremely happy to hear about it. Later on, I came across a gata, a verse that Shwedu had written for one of his disciples. Ah, One, seven, three, five, the truth you search for cannot be grasped. As night advances, a bright moon illuminates the whole ocean. The dragon's jewels are found in every wave. Looking for the moon, it is here, in this wave, in the next one seven three five the truth you seek cannot be grasped as night advances a bright moon illuminates the whole ocean the dragon's jewels are found in every wave looking for the ocean looking for the moon rather it is here in this wave in the next looking for the moon there is nothing hidden. It's reflected in everything. We go from one, two, three, four, five. That's one that's one way of looking at the world. In our everyday life we see things that seem to be sequential. Another way of looking at the world is one, seven, three, five. There's a randomness to this, an unfathomability, that even though there may be an apparent sequence, there's also a way of looking at the world, at the events of our lives, the things that happen that are totally unexpected and incalculable, and that happen by reason of cause and effect that we may not see. Some of that cause and effect can be certainly of our own volitional action. We call that karma. But um,
0: some of it could be.
1: A forest fire, an earthquake, a terrible illness that comes out of the blue. The seeming randomness of life is another way to look at our life, and we have to contain that in our practice. So Dogen says, "Um, I used to see the characters, one, two, three, four, five, now, I also see 6, seven, eight, nine, 10. So he sees, he's looking further, uh-huh. and he says, future students must be able to see that side from this side, as well as this side from that side. Uh, or as Sojan sometimes said to read the other side of the page, to read one side of the page, and also to see the other side, to read the other side of the page, that there's always another side. And I think that's these, the juxtaposition of these stories speaks to, speaks to that. Dogan says it uh, clearly. Students must be able to see that side from this side, as well as this side from that side. Practicing with intense effort, use all your ingenuity, using all your ingenuity, you will be able to grasp uh, genuine Zen that goes beyond the surface of the characters. So that goes to 1735, not just 12345. To do otherwise only results in being led about by variously tainted Zen that will leave you incapable of preparing meals skillfully for the community. So this is where it goes back to the cooking. So these, these terms, genuine Zen and variously tainted Zen, actually have a uh, The literal translation is a little different. Uh, so this genuine Zen uh, is known in Japanese as Kimi Zen, which means one flavor. And the one flavor of Zen, the one flavor of Buddhism, is the flavor of awakening. It's the flavor of of Bodhi. And he says, you'll be able to grasp genuine Zen that goes beyond the surface of characters. To do otherwise will only result in being led about by variously tainted Zen that will leave you incapable of preparing meals skillfully for the community. Variously tainted Zen is, more literally from gomi zen uh which means five flavored zen meaning all of these meaning all the different goals that we may have instead of being pointed towards just the goal of awakening with all beings you know we we have objectives we have uh, self-improvement projects we have all these different motivations self-centered motivations that prevent us from seeing
0: the main chance the central thing
1: so i'm going to stop there and just leave uh we have a little time for discussion and we'll just take the time we're going to go maybe a little late but since this is a study session i think that's okay um so people here can raise their hands are we passing the microphone
0: Can't
1: yeah you have it? so people please raise your hand if you have a question or a comment and people online can uh, also, raise your digital hand. Anyone here? Ellen. Um,
0: this, is, uh, this is just so we uh, you know, I mean, a little
1: closer to your mouth, because we can hear the ear. I'm sorry,
0: this is just a question that came up for me when you were talking in the beginning, um, and I just wondered in those um, monasteries, I heard various ways of people uh, sort of pointed to these deaths, but also needed, so, you know, was there a term, or how did the term happen?
1: Yeah, he actually talks about that in, in this in the text basically the term these positions were a uh, year-long terms basically or that's what that's what he talks about I don't know if that was the same everywhere but there was there was definitely a term uh, and uh, also it was not unusual for people to go from monastery to monastery to, to work with uh, to experience different communities. Different teachers and uh, these different monasteries—you uh, know—there was not a kind of unified curriculum. Uh, so different places would would have different strengths
0: and different things to offer. Yeah, um, I guess I was also struck, and you know, I, I get the story. I really do. But, and said you know, nobody but me can do this. You know, it's a little like you know, teaching or transferring voices in you know, this about uh, you know, he just, he just, I heard that a little bit. You heard? I'm sorry. I heard that, in, you know, in the, in his, the, the Tento's comment, nobody but me, you know, could do this, or I don't do this, nobody could do it. Uh, you know, it sounded a little bit like, you know, a little like he thought he was the only person that could do it.
1: Yeah, I don't think that was the case. I, I think, I think what he was saying was, you know what? This is my responsibility, and this is what nobody else has. This particular responsibility, so it's not mine to kind of delegate or, or shuffle off. And later, also in this fascicle, Dogan is pretty scathing about uh, what he sees, what he's he's seen as in Japan. Uh, as people holding nominally the position of tensos who you know are phoning it in uh, but I think in these cases the people the tento have just felt the primacy of that responsibility you
0: know we are not all in the city of
1: yeah I, I don't hear quite exa- quite that way but yeah yeah but that's good it's good to bring out yeah other comments a couple up here Rich and then Ross Thanks, Hazan. can you say something about kitchen practice as Azan? yeah kitchen as zendo yeah well you know it used to be or sometimes, but what used to happen in, in Sashin, these long Sashins, it's like people would get put in the kitchen and they'd say, Oh, I don't want to do that. I mean, I'm missing so much sazen, you know. Um, and Sojin always felt this this is an essential act of our practice, it's not different. You know, we have to find out how to locate zazen mind in that activity. And uh, I think each of us who's an experienced Tenzo has
0: uh, had
1: to work with that and and come to find that I, I find that for me, I love to work in the kitchen. And the element of concentration is a clarity and concentration and uh, rhythm to the activity that uh, brings me to a very, pretty much the same place that I might arrive at from seated meditation, partly because that's the mind that I'm intentionally bringing to it so um, that's why I say we, you know we have to get beyond the performative aspects of being the tenso uh, to where uh, I mean the same thing to honestly the same thing is true with Zazen. when I started here uh like we'd have one day session and the session director would post the positions the night before. And I, you know, I would like rush over and because I wanted to know what position I had, you know, and, uh, and it, it was meaningful to me in some way that I can't explain, but it was about me, uh, and, you know, when you, you would ask Sojin, well, uh, How do you prepare for Sashin? He said, I don't prepare. You know, I just, I just come. And that seemed uh, mind boggling to me uh, until that's kind of what happened. I don't think about it in advance. And it's like, uh, you know, I just went to Sashin in LA and it's like, I didn't have a position. You know just like okay just i'm here tell me what to do and that's that's when you really when you're settled in practice that's your attitude towards towards any of these positions they are all they're all fine it seems like that line the way
0: to actualize the basic mind of the tenzo is to roll up your sleeves
1: yeah roll up your sleeves you do want to roll up your sleeves because Otherwise, they dangle in the soup, which is not good. Ross?
0: Uh, Thank you, Emma. This is a how question. So you opened up your talk with uh, the regulations for the monastery, and I thought about um, Master Shenyan and Sojin's regulate your life. So I'm curious about how those two relate, regulations and regulate. Uh, And then also, with regard to uh, the genzo has to work with the ingredients that they're given. And I think about the ingredients that comprise me and working with those ingredients. So could you say how you work with those kind of four elements of uh, our practice, what we're given and what we work with to uh, kind of respect those, uh, those gifts?
1: Well, you've asked two questions, right? Um, Maybe let me answer the second one first. We're given our body, we're given our mind, we're given certain things by virtue of where and where we were born and into what communities. Uh, And I think one way to work with them is that these are these are all the ingredients for the supreme meal of Buddhahood. And in that sense, each person has this opportunity to cook them into something that be nutritious and, and tasty, even though there may be some bitter ingredients in there. Uh, so we we need to find what's the balance of, uh, the ingredients of our life that are going to help us awaken and help us help others awaken. So, um, we're always looking for this balance. And I think that the balance, I was thinking about this, this week that you know, we're doing, doing this class with Yasir Chadley about a good life. So, I think that another way, way, way I'd like to talk about it next week is just uh, a life of balance and a life of alignment, alignment with awakening. And this regulate uh, and regulation, it's the same root. You know, it's, it's a Latinate root for rule, uh, and, uh, it's very rich, uh, in certain ways there are, there are natural regulations, or there's the regulations that, and they change, like the regulations of my body change, like, uh, because of the circumstances of my knees, I'm sitting in a chair now and I can get caught on that and think, oh, this isn't really Sazen the way I wanna do it. Or I can find a way to settle into that as you're working with the same thing. Uh, And in various ways, all of us have these challenging circumstances of our life that provide they provide a wider context of regulation. And then we have we have regulations within the regulations here. And part of what's great about our practice is this dimension of discipline and regulation. Within those strictures, we have a really clear opportunity to see ourselves. So that's, that's what it's, that's what the service of them is. Thanks. Anyone out there in Zoom land? Not seeing anyone, anyone here? There's time for one more. Yeah, Some ocean is that
0: right? Yes. Okay. Thank you for your talk. Uh, I really enjoyed it, fence so Kyokun. Um, And your comments, I was wondering if you could say more about uh, how understanding the practice means being confused all the time.
1: (laughs) Well, um, I think that first of all this is just kind of Zen talk. Uh, that's one side, that you know you don't want to uh, you don't want to come off in an egocentric knowing way. So you say, "I was just confused the whole time." Uh, but also, uh, I think again and again, I return to this line from Dogen's Genjo uh, When Dharma fills your body and mind, you realize that something is missing. You may not know what that is. So it's to me, the, the confused, is, the confusion is simply another way of talking about what is mysterious that we can't understand. You can't fully understand your original mind. Uh, and I am gonna talk about this in a couple of weeks, you know, the even you know the mind that just responds to whatever comes through its sense fields. How do you do that? What what makes it work that way? That's confusing. Uh, we accept. If, if we're awake, we really come to, to accept that fully, but still, how's it work? How's our life? How is it that, that we're alive and we're having this conversation? Like, that's totally confusing. So that's where I would go with that, okay? So thank you all. And we'll continue this afternoon. Yeah.
0: Uh, a public service announcement. Yes. From the, you know, uh, with regard to regulations, it was brought to my attention that there were six pairs of shoes spewed out across the steps earlier today, which is a trip hazard. So please take a moment to place your shoes on the shoe rack, which will provide a safe, spacious uh, pathway going to and from the Zendo thank you thank you
1: you should always know where your shoes are
0: (laughs) no i mean
1: well first of all you might lose them uh but second of all if i if i asked you do you know where your shoes are you need to know the answer i I might ask you that